See you, Senior High. Hey, good morning, everybody. If you're new or visiting this morning, welcome. Welcome to our family, and we're glad to have you. Uh, a couple housekeeping items before we get here. We have some celebrities among us this morning. Over here on the right side of the auditorium, your right, is my good friends Ken and Sue Davister. They live in Green Bay, Wisconsin. <laughs> Give them a hand, a warm, Norfolk welcome. Ken, Sue, and I all went to high school together in Luxembourg, Wisconsin. And yes, Ken and I grew up in Sugarbush, Wisconsin together. So if you've doubted the stories I've told you, go over and say, is there really such a place? And he can verify that it actually exists, all right? So that's kind of fun. Uh, the second thing is, I've been talking to people this week, and kind of the general sentiment I've gotten is, wow, summer was great. Could we just keep going and not do fall? You know? <laughs> Anybody feeling like that? You know, even the weather this week, yeah, Jen, yeah, me. You know, moms especially, right? Um, and, well, the answer is no, you can't. You know, sorry. Uh, it all kicks up. And, and I, the general sense is we're just kind of overwhelmed. We're trying to re-engage with the fall schedule, right? It's just kind of swallowing us, and it seems like the details are overwhelming. And, uh, and why I want to talk about that is because what we're going to talk about this morning and the next three weeks, actually, may sound like, you know, one more thing on the plate. And you, you might be just sitting there cringing, going, no, no, I can't put one more thing in my plate. Ah! Right? Of course, you wouldn't do that here because that would look weird, but I can do it. And, uh, but let me just remind you as we come into the fall that God gives us a grace appropriate for what we're called to do. And he gave you grace for last year. He'll give you grace for this year. And he'll give you grace uh, if you now have junior hires. And he'll give you grace if you have high schoolers, Right? And he'll give you grace if you got little ones. So uh, we, we need to just do that. So let's pray this morning and catch God's breath, and then we'll go on with the message. Father, as we come this morning, may you give us a sense of pause and a sense of refreshment in our spirits. May you let us just slow down and remind us that you didn't bring us this far to kill us, that you have brought us to give us life, that there are uh, incredibly good things that are going to happen this fall that we can get through it, that you will give us a grace sufficient for what you called us to do, and that, Lord, we pray that um, we'll see your hand in that. As we think through, Lord, community and community groups, as we're going to talk about them this morning, ask that uh, if the timing in this is right, that you would validate it in the hearts of my friends, and we ask this in your name. Amen. All right. Well, we've come out of summer, and uh, boy, it was fun with the staff sharing what we, if you're new or visiting, what we did was all the staff picked their favorite Jesus story and walked through it, and so that was a fun thing to do. As we come into the fall, we're going to do a little mini-series here, and it's going to be on community groups, and we've been kind of highlighting it for you way back since spring. Hey, community groups coming, check this out, here's some stuff to look at, and uh, we're actually now here, and the next three messages are going to be on why you should be involved in a community group, all right? So yes, we are going to ask you to prayerfully consider uh, engaging and joining in a community group, which is a small group fellowship uh, that we want you to join. And uh, this morning is um, the reasons why we're going in this direction. Next week is going to be the biblical background for it, uh, what comes out of Jesus and the disciples and the book of Acts and that kind of stuff and, and how community worked back there and why that's a good pattern for us. And then the third week will be what's the benefit for you, right? What would you gain that you don't necessarily have right now uh, if you joined one? What would, would be the benefit to you? So that's where we're going in the next three weeks. And uh, 
I just want you to be aware of that. Yesterday, we did a day of training for the leaders who are going to lead community groups. So uh, John Templin and Al Robert uh, kind of headed that up and did a great job. And a number of us were here through the morning uh, walking through that together. And so the, the leaders have been ready and, and we're getting ready to, to roll that out. So why do we want you to take a look at it? Well, let's, um, let's start when we're talking about that. Let's start this morning uh, before we launch into community groups. Let's just talk about our mission statement and why we do what we do and what's behind that. So up here you can see our, our mission statement and our mission statement is Northview Community Church is committed to encouraging people to become more like Jesus by celebrating God, serving one another, and sharing God's love with the world. All right? And uh, you've seen this many times, and you'll see it many more times, but we want to keep that focus. There's three main things. We want to celebrate, we want to serve, we want to share. Celebrate is a fancy modern word for worship, right? But it carries uh, that gratefulness component to it. So it, it's got that aspect to it. That's why we like the word. Let's walk through those three. Let's start with the first one. We're talking about celebrating God. What are we talking about? In celebration, we desire to, first of all, love God. It isn't just you check in and you punch the clock or you give God a bone or you do that kind of stuff. What we're talking about is that we would love God with all our heart, the greatest commandment. And uh, that we'd have hearts given to God in a spirit of submission and repentance. So this isn't... uh, I just want to get in for what I get out of it, right? This is like marriage, right? Most of us got married thinking about what we get from it, and we didn't have a clue about what we'd have to give, right? Know how that works? So this is kind of the same thing. Is a lot of us got into uh, the Christian life because we thought we'd be saved from our sin. We didn't realize the sacrifice that'd be involved. But there's a, a valid point there in terms of what we're talking about is surrender. He's the Lord, not us. And we want to live surrendered lives to Him. Where if He said... Would you do this? We would say, yes, Lord, right? That we wouldn't be the type of people where Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, never do what I say, right? That's pretty frustrating, right? You would understand that as a parent. So uh, Jesus wants a responsive group. And what we're talking about is loving God in a way that we respond right. Second is worshiping him. In celebrating, we want to have vibrant worship that's passionate, um, thankful, honoring, enthusiastic, even if you're a Broncos fan about, sorry, Zach, about what God has done for us through the salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? Uh, Again, the hallmark of uh, a healthy church is gratefulness. If we're grateful, then we'll be thankful. And that comes out. People pick that up. And and so when we're talking about worship, we're talking about uh, expressing great thanks back to him for what he's done. And when we go into communion, there'll be a very uh, good picture of that this morning, by the way, we practice uh, open communion. So all that we ask is that you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and you can uh, celebrate communion with us this morning. Um, but then the third one is that we would listen to God. In celebrating, part of what we want to do is listen. In other words, not just be a talking head to him. Lord, give me this. Lord, give me this. God, give me that. Jesus, give me that. Why does God never answer my prayers? A lot of times we don't stop long enough to say, have I even stopped long enough to listen? Have I asked him what he thought, how it should roll out, what it might look like from his perspective? And so we want to cultivate a listening heart, listening, a listening mind uh, to get plugged into God's heart and his plans through prayer and his word. Uh, for me personally, this always winds down to uh, almost always timing. 
Okay? I, I don't usually battle that hard with what God's will is. It's his timing that drives me crazy because his timing never seems to be my timing. Right? Some of you are smiling, so I got some fellow travelers in here. Good. Uh, I just, so a lot of it is slowing down long enough to say, I think that's the right thing, Lord. What's your timing on this? Do you ever ask that question? Uh, and then you go, why did I ask that question? Because almost always that comes down to the prayer for patience. Right? Oh, that works, Krista. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's good. All right, when we move on to serving, and we're talking about this in serving, uh, for our mission, we desire that we be committed to relationships, that we want to be a transparent community uh, that desires to see lives transformed by God's power, that values the process as well as the finished product. Uh, and what a lot of us know, but it needs to be repeated many times, we haven't gotten there yet. We're not finished products, you know. Um, we're in the process of being sanctified. And for some of us, that's, that's a long journey in some areas of our life. It's a very short journey in others. And so we are unevenly approaching the throne depending on which part of me I'm working on because uh, some parts I give God more leeway than others. And some, what's simple for me can be very hard for you. What's very simple for you can be very hard for me. And so part of this whole process uh, in sharing is we're committed to relationships um, because relationships are messy, Right? They're not a straight A to B line. They're not, you just move from here and go up to the kingdom of God, right? Relationships tend to go like this, right? And then when you get two people doing that, you get, you know, and, and you get a whole bunch of us doing that and it looks crazy, right? Uh, but we're committed to the process of relationships for that. We're also passionate about team. Uh, when we talk about serving together, we want to serve in teams together, serve with humility and loyalty, with the gifts, talents, and callings that God's given to each person w- within our family here so that uh, you can find a niche and a place where you really feel like God is using you in a significant way. When we say here, though, let me make one clarifying. We're not talking about just here in the box. In the box is important, and there's all kinds of ministries here in the box, but there's also ministries outside the box, right, in the community of Mill Creek uh, and that kind of stuff. So some of us are going to be called to serve and a team in the box. Some of us are going to be called to serve on a team outside of the box, but we're all Northview. And we come together like this to celebrate that. Um, and so, but it's, that's accomplished much better in the context of a team, right? That I'm pulling the weight with others, not just by myself. It's pretty easy to get worn out, discouraged if you're pulling it by yourself. Uh, if you're with a team, come on, we can make it, right? Kind of deal. And so that that's important. And then... Striving to build people, to be a reproductive church. In other words, equipping, training, mentoring, discipling, to increase God's kingdom and his reputation, which is very important. It's important that we uh, defend God's reputation, right? That's what he asks us to do. It's, it's got a very important reputation. You know, when you think about it in our culture, almost everything gets cheered in our culture today except Jesus, right? If you think about it, almost everything gets highlighted or put on the news except Jesus, Almost everything seems to be higher on the priority list than Jesus. But when you really talk about what's the most important thing, it's Jesus. And we've got to rearrange that scale and get the priorities right, not only for ourselves, but also for other people that are working this. So we strive to serve together like that. Then in sharing, we desire that we'd love people. 
that we'd always remember that people matter to God, and because people matter to God, therefore they matter to us. All right? You may look at the person and say, man, I, I don't know why God created them, but glad they're over there. And the Lord will say, hey, I want you to go share my love with him or with her. Or, and you might find yourself going, wow, really? Uh, and they're not wired like you. They're not like you. But that doesn't mean they're not valuable. Right? And we've got to get away that the only people who are valuable are people like me. Because God made us an incredibly eclectic spectrum of people. Right? I say that hopefully with joy. You get it, right? We're just a weird bunch. Okay? And we live with weird people. And the longer we live with each other, the weirder we get. Right? And so the reality is it takes a lot of love uh, to stay with that. And so we're committed to loving people that way. And in that sharing of the Lord's love and what Jesus has done for them. We also want to be creative in that. We want to uh, find ways that we can share it that are relevant and creative in the way we communicate God's heart uh, for people. So, uh, you know, you don't always have to say it the same way. We can find uh, different ways or say, you know, the culture shifted this way. This is a different way to come at it. And we're trying to stay relevant with that in terms of how we share it. And then the lastly is giving ourselves away. Not just here in Mill Creek, but by releasing and sending out people in primarily two different contexts that we do it here at Northview. One is church plants. We are a church planting church. And if you're new uh, to Northview within the last year, so that may be a new term to you. It may be something you've not, uh, you're not familiar with, you haven't heard before. But uh, we are in a network of churches that the part of the DNA is that we are church planting churches. And so... For example, in Northview's history, we have two daughter plants right now, one in Redmond, Oregon, that uh, is uh, down in central Oregon, right by Bend, and then another one, Awaken, which is in Florida, Andrew and Rebecca. By the way, did you see it, Rebecca last week? She was here and get a chance, and we got a chance to pray with her, and she goes, Steve, church planting is hard. I said, duh, you know, and, uh, but we had a chance to pray with her and encourage her. They're doing a great job, and just to give you how... Like, why would a church here plant a church in Florida? What's the benefit of that? Well, Andrew and Becca went down to Florida. They planted the church, and they were down there. And uh, a couple walked into the church and really liked the church. And one of the reasons they liked the church is because Andrew's black and Rebecca's white. And in this couple, the gal was white and the guy's black, right? That couple happens to be my niece, right? Who, in Florida, looking for a church, walked into a mall, saw the sign, walked into the church, Andrew said something about Seattle. She walked up there and said, hey, my uncle's in Seattle. You wouldn't happen to know my Uncle Steve, would you? And he goes, oh, yeah, I kind of know Uncle Steve really well. <laughs> so my brother Paul's daughter Sarah is going to awaken in Florida. All right? So isn't that cool? And who would have ever foresaw that when we sent Andrew to Florida? Could you have imagined that? No. And that's the really cool thing. Now, we hope when we plan again, it's somewhere in the local community, right? I mean, Oregon or Florida, what's Mars is next? I don't know. But it would be nice if it was somewhere here in the Northwest kind of deal. But we're a church planning church. Plus we have all kinds of missions. If you go out this morning, go through that door right by the sound booth there, on the wall you'll see our, our missions wall, and we have rock stars for missionaries. I mean, just when they come and they speak, we, I just say, pulpiteers, tell us what you think God's been telling you. And... Boy, every time that happens, it, people just walk out going, wow, that was a significant word. 
right? And, and we, they are just fantastic. So we, we want people to be launched in those kind of ways. We see ourselves as missionaries here in Mill Creek. So when it comes in sharing, those are our three targets, to celebrate God, to serve one another, and to share Jesus. Now, the big question on the table this morning is how is that best done? In other words, what's uh, the best way that that uh, gets rolled out? I think all of us would realize that the challenge in front of us with this is to stay on task and stay focused in terms of pursuing Jesus and his kingdom, right? There are so many distractions and so many things that can take you away from that. Like I said, it's hard to keep the priority list right. And so part of it is the ability to stay on track. I want to show you this, uh, these verses out of Romans. This is what I would call a template that you'll find all over the New Testament. So if you look in Romans, you look in Ephesians, you look in Colossians, you look in Galatians, you look in Corinthians, look in First, Second Peter, any of those, you're going to find a passage like this. And matter of fact, as we read this one, probably a couple will come to your mind. You go, oh yeah, it says that here and here too. But this is kind of a, what we're called to, a prescriptive passage. And let me uh, read it to you. It says this, love must be sincere. In other words, not plastic, not fakey not condescending. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Always wise advice. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people, excuse me, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. All right? This is, uh, if you were to talk about our mission statement where we talked about celebrate um, and, and uh, serve and share, this would be put in Scripture, those three things, right? This is what we're supposed to be doing together. And the question this morning is, what's the best context to be able to do that? The line uh, to be devoted to one another is worthy of some consideration, especially as we sit here this morning, because... That's kind of hard to do on Sunday morning. Now, we can do it on some level, and certainly if we're close to each other and, you know, we've got, there's people, I walk around and we just hug and it's like, glad to be here. Thanks for pulling your way, you know, and there's that. But most of the time we walk in, how you doing? And guys, we respond, fine, right? And then we walk out, right? That's not really that deep, okay? That's not exactly devoted to each other, okay? Um, you know, it's good. And, and of course, too, you know, sometimes we put too much weight on Sunday morning and say it should be deep. But the reality is you're in, we've got a service, you've got kids, we walk out, you've got lunch, right? There, it's not designed uh, for depth. It's, a, it's designed for focus. It's designed for a target. The message is designed to get us to think together as we come together corporately. But it's not always that great for depth. It's great for hearing from the Lord, but it's not great in terms of devotion towards one another. So the, the question is then, you know, how do we do that? Because it's hard to do it in a big group. The other thing that's hard in a big group is um, when we were uh, a small, smaller church, it was we didn't really need small groups because we were a small group, right? Some of you would remember those days. And, uh, and so uh, you didn't need small groups because everybody knew each other. Well, the odds are highly likely that as you're sitting here this morning, you don't know everybody who's sitting here in the auditorium. Now, I probably know more than most, but even I don't know everybody anymore. Right? There was one point I had everybody's name memorized and their phone number. 
That's no longer true. All right. Uh, and that's certainly true of the first service because half of you don't even know who attends the first service anymore, right? Because you don't go to it. And so, and then your kids do this weird thing on you where they graduate from junior high school, so you flop services. Now you're all messed up because you don't know where you belong, right? And so it's, it's really, what I'm trying to point out, it's not really that easy to know most of us unless you're doing something together. The easiest context in terms of being known then is in a small group what we're calling community groups, because the deal is it's not, I don't think it's the Lord's requirement that you know everybody, but I think it's the Lord's requirement that you know somebody and that somebody knows you, that you're not just out there by yourselves. You don't just float in or walk out, but somebody knows you. Somebody walks in and says, hey, Mark Brown, how are you? How have you been? Hey, you want to go do lunch? And, talk? and somebody's your posse. Somebody's your backup. Somebody's in here. And they, if you're not here, they go, hey, where have they been? Have you seen them lately? No, but you know what? They're my posse. I'll give them a call. That's what we're talking about this morning. It's way, way easier to do that devoted part in a small group. So when we come to community groups, what we're really talking about uh, this morning is we're talking about going back to the future. Right? Remember that movie? Marty, I've seen the future. Right? Um, I don't have the hair for it, though. So that's it. That just didn't work at all, did it? Oh, gosh. <laughs> but remember that movie, the idea that you went back to the future? And, and so in a sense, we're going back to the future in that we're going back to something we used to do really well as a church. Uh, and that was small groups. Um, when we started, when North Shore... Uh, Norfew was planted out of North Shore back in 1999. Uh, I came in 204. 60% of Norfew was in community groups. I don't know if you knew that or not, but the vast majority were already tied into, it was built off of community groups. Um, now, like I said, when I came, uh, Norfew had been become pretty broke, and there was a lot of healing there was a lot of momentum that needed to be restored. There was a lot that needed to be put back together. And like I said, we didn't need small groups because we were one. All right? But now God has blessed. We've grown uh, pretty significantly. And it really feels like the time is right. There is a felt need among us to develop more community within our fellowship here at Northview that we would go um, deeper with one another and not just be passing through the year together uh, hi, how are you? And not know where we live, not know our place, not know uh, who we are, that kind of thing. That's why as we frame this, the whole theme of this is don't do life alone. right? And I think that's a great theme. Do the Christian life, but don't do it alone. Who do you walk with? Who's with you? Again, who's your posse? If if Jesus came to you right now and said, who's your posse? Who would you list off for him? All right? Now, that doesn't mean they'd claim you for their posse, but right? who would you claim? Who would you list and say, yeah, they, they've got my back. That's who I go. Those are my go-to. Right? That's my team. Don't do life alone. Um, and, and as we've come to this, as guys have worked on it, it took a whole team. Uh, they spent a lot of time. They actually have been meeting since November. And, and I want to give them credit this morning because they have spent the last nine months putting this all together for how should it look for us right now today for where we're at. And uh, many of you know Al Robert, uh, John Templin, Matt Chu, they were all in the first service and all sitting together. So they all had the T-shirts on. It was kind of like a consortium over there. And um, 
But then also Zach Clark, our, our worship leader, and then Brooks August, uh, our youth leader up. They all worked on what's the best way to come at this and re-engage this idea. And I, I just think we should give them a hand of applause for the hours they put into that. And, uh, you know, thank you, thank you. So what I'm trying to say is this is not a sudden, oh my goodness, we should do something. We just threw it on the table. This is something that we've been aiming at for the last nine months. Uh, they've been working on. And the idea here is how to plug back into our original DNA uh, because it feels like the timing is right. Um, so they have done that. And what they've done is they, you know, they've met, they've thought, they've prayed, they've engaged the board in a dialogue for how to re-engage our body intentionally back into community groups. And um, so as we're putting this together, what we're going to do is, um, and here's the thing, you can't even sign up for them yet, right? Because Zach was in Colorado doing the wedding. And so he's uh, back and we'll get it up this week. But you can go to the website and begin to look at and there will come a time this week where we'll be up there and you can look on the website. There will be a place to register for community groups. All right? And so the next two Sundays uh, we'll let you know that and you can sign up for them. But what we want you to do this week is just to think about it, just to contemplate it. Is that something that would be good for me to do? Is that something good for my wife and I or my husband and I together? Is that Would there be a fit there for us? Can we... Can we work that in? And I want you to dialogue on that with the Lord. I'm going to ask the guys to come forward. And if you would, we're going to begin to serve communion. And uh, as they are coming, just let them come forward and they'll serve you and uh, that kind of stuff. But I want to have you think about this idea as we're heading towards communion this morning. Um, What we're... um, working hard at is to develop a heart level sense of community. Um, I talked about Ken and Sue uh, where we grew up together. My daughter Abby went to high school this year and she's uh, decided to go to Glacier Peak. And what's interesting about that is that uh, that's a real change of venue for her and a change of culture for her. Because when she went to school the first day she was really nervous. Because it was going to be walking into all these new kids. And Pam was talking about what that was like for her. And I sat there, I was, we were by our laundry room, and I, I looked at Pam and I said, you know, that's, I've never thought of that. I never had to do that. Because where I grew up, everything was synchronized. It, the community was the culture. I mean, the, all, all the um, spring breaks were all the same, Right? And all the events were, so the church was synchronized with the schools and the schools were synchronized with the farmers. Schools got out after Memorial Day and it didn't start after Labor Day because the crops are going in the field. You can run school anytime you want, but my kids will be in the field, right? And they will show up when planting's done and harvest is done. Thank you very much. And so everything was synchronized. And I realized I, there was no cultural shock for me when I went into grade school. There was no cultural shock when I went to water division, right? I went from brick school to water division. How do you like that? There was no shock for Ken and I when we went to Luxembourg because we, for a 20-square-mile radius, we knew all the families, all their names, and everybody who hung out together. When I went into high school, it wasn't a scary thing because that was all the older brothers and sisters of my friends who were in a grade with. I never had that. Well, we don't have that today. Very little is synchronized um, 
This year, we have four children. All four of them will have different spring breaks. Any of the rest of you got that, right? And it's like, wow, how does that work? And how do you even do a family vacation off of something like that? It just, it becomes crazy. And that's why we're realizing there's a need for us to get back to building community uh, because this culture has a tendency to pull community apart, right? So um, that's why we're working so hard and we're, we're focusing on trying to foster it. Um, and what we have to remember as Christians is that when we come into community, we've been brought into an incredible community, okay? Sometimes we can lose sight of that, but we've been brought into an incredible community. We've been brought into the family of God. We've been brought into the kingdom community of Jesus. Uh, you know, some of us by hook or crook, some of us backwards, some of us early, some of us weren't even looking for it and got clocked by it, right? And just, whoa, Jesus, wow, hadn't had a picture for that, right? Now, incredibly grateful, aren't we? Yes, here's one, I am. Um, but we've not only been adopted, we've been included into God's community. Colossians 1.13 says it this way. If you, how would scripture say it? He's delivered us, he, God, has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us. In other words, gone from here and pulled over to here. Right? Transferred us from, to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We have an incredible community. And half the time when we meet like this, it's not apparent. And the reason it's not apparent is because we don't know the stories. Right? There are miracles sitting next to you and you don't even know it because we don't know the stories. If you get in a smaller group, you get in a small community, yeah, yes. And that's fun. I'm picking on my friend Diana who has an incredible story. When you get in a small group and you start telling, how did Jesus find you? How did, how did Jesus bring you to Northview? Those two questions alone. And stuff starts, and you sitting there sometimes with your mouth open going, you're kidding me. I would have had no idea that was your life. And you start coming away with an incredible gratefulness and a profound sense that God has worked in miraculous ways among us. But why doesn't, don't we know it? We just don't know the stories. Well, in small groups, those stories can come out, right? Those stories can get laid out. And then that becomes a place of bonding because half the time you're sharing, somebody says, you're kidding, you too? I thought I was the only one who ever struggled with that. Oh my gosh. And all of a sudden you're best friends for life. Why? Because God brought you together and now you fellowship in a community group because you know each other's stories. You die if you stay out by yourself. You die in your heart. You die in your soul. You die in your spirit. You dry up. It's like old cracked leather. It's no good for anything anymore, right? You've got to keep your heart fresh. And one of the ways we believe now that we need to do that is in community groups. When we take communion together, you know, there's a lot of thoughts about communion. You know, it's not, uh, you know, what is it? And I want to say this morning, it's not just a symbol. You know, it's not just a, a religious idea. Communion, uh, communion was designed by Jesus to remind us of something, to point us back to something of the community that he's brought us, brought us into. It, it's a reminder of the community that we really and truly belong to. This is who you really are. This is who, where you really belong. Remember that. It points back to Jesus and what he's done for us, so to remember what, what he did that we cannot do for ourselves. 
You cannot pay for your sin. You can't get into heaven by your good deeds. Right? Because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He's rescued us in an incredible way. So when we come to communion this morning, there's a great picture. Because in essence, what Jesus is saying is this. You know, I know your world, and I know the pace you're running at. I know all that kind of stuff, and I know it's easy to get distracted. I know it's easy to get off course, all that kind of stuff. But you need to remember something. At communion, he's saying, remember this. Remember that you are mine. That you are mine. Communion is a picture that I died for you, I rescued you, and you are mine. Now, when you think of that, and we come, of course, to the elements, right? We have the the piece of bread. And obviously, it's just a a piece of bread right here. But what does that represent? What does that point you back to? Right? Jesus' body, right? What happened there? Busted, broken, beaten, bloodied, right? You know, often we think about what it costs us to be a Christian. Does that compare at all in any way, shape, or form with what it cost him to find us? Not even close, right? So Jesus, he says, remember, you're mine. He says, my body was broken for you. He says, eat this in memory of me. There's two pictures with the cup. One is sacrifice. Okay. Now, we have sacrifice. You didn't get here without sacrifice. But again, is it anything in comparison to what he sacrificed for us? Let's always keep that picture straight. Right. But the other part is it's celebration. Okay. You don't drink wine with enemies. You drink wine with friends. Right. And Jesus said, I will not drink this again until I come back. And then... We're going to have a party. Me and my posse, me and my peeps, right? I don't know if Jesus would say peeps, all right? But my people, we're going to have a party. We're going to bring it all together. And those who are mine, we're going to celebrate. And the cup is always a symbol of celebration. So it's, it's a dual picture. But what's he saying that? Remember who you are. Remember, you're mine. I sacrificed for you. It cost me my shed blood. He said, drink this in memory of me. Process this, this. Sorry, I can't say that. Process that this week, please. And we'll come back next week, and we're going to lay the historical groundwork from Scripture on community groups. But let's pray this morning, fathers. We come into our our last song where we express gratefulness to you and sing to you because we love you and you've been good to us, and we're grateful people. We. Uh, recognize that you have brought us into a phenomenal community that extends around the world. Many different flavors, many different branches, but Lord, all anchored around your son. And uh, this morning as we think about that, it is an incredible thing to remember and realize that we are yours. Thank you so much for finding us and thank you so much for giving us life. And Lord, May you break that life out in community groups as we uh, engage in that on that level here at Northview. Uh, it's no different than others have done many times over. Help, help it go deeper. Help it go wider. Help it have more life. Uh, not just for ourselves, but for the sake of your son and your reputation. We ask this in your name. Amen.